away we go. It is October 27th. It is a Friday night, and we are here to recap the latest episode of WWE Friday Night SmackDown. Rick Uccino here with you on the Sportskeeda Wrestling YouTube channel and the WrestleBinge by Sportskeeda Facebook page. Or, no, I had that backwards. WrestleBinge by Sportskeeda YouTube channel and the Sportskeeda Wrestling uh, Facebook page. There we go. Now I'm on the right page. Dutch you Man's got it right game. now? Do you have it I right? It. I got it right now. I got it right now. It's been a long week. I am here. I'm happy to just relax tonight, have some fun with everybody who's in the chat. We appreciate Ozzy and everybody who is uh, getting their comments in, as they always do. Please interrupt, interact with us throughout the entirety of the program tonight. We would really uh, appreciate that. Get your super chats in. Uh, that's the guaranteed way to get uh, your comments read on the air. If you got questions for Dutch, feel free to get those in. Dutch Mantel with us tonight. SP3 has the night off. He's got a, uh, what did he say? He, he has like a, a wedding rehearsal or something. A, a wedding rehearsal. Re wedding rehearsal. So we know. So, wait about, so wait about 10 years to the guy who's getting married, walks up to see it, slaps the shit out of him, and said, Why did you let me do that? That's what I foresee. And said, said, well, it, it was good for you. And then that 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 gets another slap. So anyway, hey, I, I wish the couple getting married a lot of success. I really do. Yeah, hey, I got I a lot of things to say tonight. Get, it, get into the show, and I'm going to lay this out as easily as I can. Ozzy, I literally just told you where Sid is. Pay attention. Ozzy, Ozzy listen up. We're going to have to send you down to the principal's office. <laughs> I'm getting tired of this. You kids are going to pay rehearsal, attention. Ozzy. Yes. Rehearsal. Listen. So we are Here's. holding it down tonight. We are going to recap everything that happened on Friday night SmackDown. A lot of L.A. night. Yeah, I thought this was a really great night uh, for L.A. night as he does not acknowledge the tribal chief one iota. I thought he completely owned uh, the opening segment tonight. I thought he had a good match against Jimmy Uso in the main event tonight as he continues to head toward his biggest challenge yet, which is Roman Reigns and the main event of Crown Jewel. Um, let's see. What else do we have? New new music for the Street Profits tonight. New look for the Street Profits tonight. Interesting interaction between Kevin Owens and Logan Paul tonight. Kevin Owens knocking two dudes out with one punch. John Cena <laughs> addressing his future tonight. Paul Heyman with a great promo. Stop me if you've heard that one before. Cedric Alexander getting a spotlight tonight. That's intriguing. And Bianca wasn't Bella. That his first, wasn't that his first appearance on SmackDown? I believe it was his first one-on-one -on -one match on SmackDown is what it was. Oh, okay. Um, but he's technically been a free agent since the WWE draft. He just hasn't really been on television and his tag team partner got released earlier this year um in in uh shelton benjamin so he's kind of just been floating out as, on his own so we'll talk about cedric we'll talk about bianca belair getting her rematch against eo sky at crown jewel lots to get into a uh, surrounding smackdown tonight but dutch i have been tasked with opening the show to ask you about a big return the world of professional wrestling that happened. Did you see what happened this Wednesday on AEW Dynamite? Tony Khan said he had a big gift for Sting. Sting announcing his retirement tour, essentially, uh, two, week, two weeks ago on AEW Dynamite, saying that his final match is going to be this coming March at AEW Revolution. We don't know who it's going to be, but Tony Khan had a big gift, and that gift ended up being the presence of your good buddy, 74-year-old, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, 
coming down to the ring. He's making, he made his AEW debut. I have no idea what this man brings to the table at this point, Dutch, but apparently if you're going by what he's saying on social media and what Sting's saying on social media, Ric Flair is going to be around for a while. I know you guys uh, have not seen eye to eye as of late, but uh, your thoughts on him coming back to AEW and what do you think realistically the nature boy brings to the table at this point? Well, he's not coming back to AEW. He's never been there before, right? Well, I said he, he came was. back to wrestling and made his AEW debut. Okay, he was supposed to come like a year ago, right? And I that's know. when the, you, you the hear dark a lot side, of the dark side of the ring, showed that special right the plane ride from hell or what, whatever it was. Yeah, which painted Rick in not a very favorable position. That's putting uh, it politely. Yeah, and I've I've seen it before, and I've heard of it before. And I never really said anything to him back. Me and Rick were never close. But one thing about Tony Khan, he said it was a big surprise. Granted, it was a big surprise. So he delivered on that. How many times has he said, oh, we got this big thing come in, just stay tuned. But it's it never lived up. that hand a lot. Yeah, the, the big announcement. Yeah, it's, it's never lived up to the advertisement for it, but this one kind of did. Ric Flair coming down, yeah, nobody expected it. They hit the music. Everybody stood up. Sure they did. So now this is this is something you don't see every day. So Sting has announced his retirement, and Flair has announced his too, right? Yes or no? I mean, yeah. this would be, what, the eighth or ninth time uh, at this point? Basically what he has said. <laughs> Basically, what he has said is, is he's going to he's going to he wants to ride with Sting all the way to the end for his retirement, for Sting's retirement. I don't believe for a second that Ric Flair is going to walk away from wrestling ever until he literally can't walk anymore. And even then, he might get booked. Well, if somebody waves a wad of money at him. Yeah, I was saying, well, I said I was going to retire, but yeah, but, you know, you say a lot of things. I didn't really believe it at the time, but. I can't hate on him. But I can't hate. I do, would, I'd probably do the same damn thing. Well, actually, what I'm saying is that's really lying to your fans. If you said I'm going to retire, but you're not really intending to retire. You just want that, that available cash that's, that's thrown you away. Maybe he doesn't feel that way. I don't know. But am I excited about seeing Sting's last match? No, I'm not. Am I excited to see a last match with uh, Ric Flair? Not no, but a hell no. Can you imagine that match? The wow. last match that Ric Flair had, he I thought he was dying. I thought he was dying there in the ring. And some of the people in the match with him, thought he was having a legitimate heart attack. He said, he, oh, he faked a heart attack to slow things down. Rick, get the F out of here. You didn't do that. You just blowed up and drunk on top of that. And if not, that's not an insult to fans, I don't know what is. And it's an insult to the promoter, who, according to Rick, paid him $300,000. I want to tell Conrad Thompson, Conrad, when you went out the door, did you feel something hit you in the back. And if he did, that was his, that was his refund. He should have got most of that money back after that performance. No, I just, I'm not buying this, you know, sting 
he's way past the point to turn in any type of a match that he used to. Oh, and Flair is even past that point. He can't even turn in a match. Hey, going to the ring is difficult for him. And if it, we added their, their ages up just a moment ago before we went on the air, what yeah. was the total age between those two? So we're talking, uh, we're talking 74 and 64. So doing some math here, what that's 138 years. 138 years of experience between these two guys. Now you've got to be a serious that's just life. That's just, to be fair. That's just life. <laughs> you you got to be a super fan or really delirious about wrestling. Do you want to see any kind of a matchup like that for me? No, I wouldn't. I'd rather just hear them talk about it. And actually I'd be more interested in hearing them sit down and talk about a match they had in Charlotte or a match they had in Atlanta or Chicago or whatever. I'd be more interested in that than to actually see them get into a ring. And Flair, you can't believe a word he says. When he opens his mouth, just assume it's basically a lie because he accents everything, adds to it. But it all makes, at the end, it all makes Rick like looks like such a glorious guy and such a great worker. And see, he, he pissed me off when he told all the fans that they were a bunch of big fat bastards that would believe anything. You don't talk about your fans like that. That's why you, he didn't have to get out and get a job. He could get up at 10 o'clock in the morning, go work out for an hour, lay around in the afternoon, go and get in the ring for 10 minutes every night, drive back, get drunk on the way. He had a great life. But to tell your fans that supported you and bought your merchandise and went to your matches kind of to uh, degrade them, I don't have respect for somebody like that. So I, I don't, but I don't know. Good luck to him. Good luck to Tony. Good luck to, to Sting. I hope it all works out. I'm not involved in it, but I'm not excited about it either. Yeah, I can't imagine for one second. Like, I know. I know Rick says he wants to ride, you know, Sting's coattails and and be on him with this journey over the next several months. Okay, that's well, I guess great. he does. I, he sees a payday. Yeah, well, he's going to get on TV. And look, and I, to a certain extent, like I said, I can't even hate on the guy, whether it's money, whether it's the adrenaline that you get when you go out in front of that crowd. And to this day, you still have fans, fans at this point who are, maybe 10 years younger than me who have never even seen this man wrestle before, but still woo when he's out there because they know what a legend this guy is. So whether it's the money, whether it's that adrenaline rush, whether it's the fact that he's just addicted to the pop, I can't be mad at him for constantly wanting to come back. And we'll talk about this a little bit with, with John Cena. Cause he, it was, he was basically telling the same story. The only difference is John Cena is about four decades younger than Rick, than Rick right mm -hmm. now. But at least Cena can do some stuff. Rick can do oh. nothing. It's what I'm saying. I'm not talking about the fans that were too young to really see him coming along. I'm talking about the fans that went all the way through it. Sure. But to see him get out there and do it now, it's kind of pathetic. And it's kind of sad to see it. Yeah. I, I would rather I would kind of remember him in his glory days than the days going out. Yeah, Wouldn't and you? I think yeah, oh, absolutely. Look, I, I don't need to see Ric Flair wrestle ever, like, again. 
at, at, at this point. Uh, I, I had no interest in watching his return match. Um, I saw bits and pieces of it online. I was not impressed. Like, I would rather remember Rick, you know, like, as far as I'm concerned, Rick's last moment in a wrestling ring was the I'm sorry, I love you moment with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. As far as I'm concerned, yep. that's the last time I ever needed to see Ric Flair in a ring because that was a perfect ending. It was a great ending. Um, mm-hmm. All the story leading up to his retirement, and then he's had like four more retirements since then. But I cannot imagine <laughs> for one more second, for one second, I cannot imagine that Tony Khan, I know Tony Khan loves the nostalgia. I know he loves pro wrestling. He loves bringing in these veterans for, for big moments and matches. And that's, that, that's fantastic. I love it. I appreciate it. I look at a guy like Christian cage, who's doing some of the best work of his career right now. And that is saying, Here something. Is. Yep. um, but Ric Flair, 74, he can barely move. Sting has not had a one-on-one match in his wrestling career since 2015 when he faced Seth Rollins, uh, for the WWE championship. And that was the match that he got hurt in. Uh, he it has been all tag team matches. It has been all tag team matches. So I don't know what Ric Flair is going to do, but I don't believe for one second that he's going to wrestle and it's going to be him versus Sting or he's going to team with Sting. There's no way they can do that. There is no way that match will not be good. Sting can play the hits and Sting can still um, he's kind of like John. Honestly, I think he's still at the level that John is at where he can do some things in the ring and he has kept himself in tremendous shape for 64 Rick can't do anything. The, he can't. The last, the last move I saw Sting do. When he busted himself on the ladder, right? Oh my! He got up there, and I said, "No, no, he's, he's not. <laughs> he's he's not going to try that, is he?" But yeah, he did. And I'm thinking, what in the hell? What possessed him to come off? He's never done that before, to my knowledge. And he missed the whole thing. He almost knocked his teeth out. I thought he'd suffered a concussion. He actually missed the table. Basically, he landed off to the side. And I'm thinking, I wonder, did he tell tell uh, Darby, oh, I can do that. I can do that. And Darby said, well, yeah, let's see you do it. But Darby's like 30 years younger, maybe more. He might be 35 years younger. I don't know. But coming off that ladder is not for veterans if you told me, Dutch, I want you to jump off that ladder, I said, I want you to go and stick it up your butt because I'm not doing it. You can't make me do it. You couldn't You couldn't hook a crane on me and set me on top of that ladder. What's the biggest bump you, what, what is the biggest bump you ever took in your career, Dutch? The biggest bump? Yeah. Headlock takeover? Uh, well, that was that's close. <laughs> but you see... That's one thing you're trying to work in big spots and tell a story. You don't have to. If I had taken a big bump like that, hell, I would have got beat. Just beat me. Because everybody believes, well, first thing they'd think, well, he's stupid enough to even do it. So he needs to get beat. Then the guy beats me. Well, I beat myself. So I don't know what the biggest bump. Because years ago, you weren't asked to take these big bumps unless you volunteered it yourself and guess what? Nope. I never volunteered it. I, I never, agree. you know, I, I saw this, I saw this one guy climb up. It was, you know, he had the girders going up on the wall. So he goes up and he's like 20 feet in the air, dived off concrete floor, by the way, missed the whole table. Didn't didn't even hit the guy on the table. And the guy on the table rolled off like he was selling something. 
I, it was, I, and I can't believe the guy got up, but he did. But listen, you can take those bumps when you're young, you're okay. When you hit about 40, a little higher, then he says, well, maybe I shouldn't have done that thing for the pop from like a hundred people, you know? I mean, if you're going to take a, at least take it on TV, take it in a sellout. Don't take it on a little independent show. Yeah. Because for- you just, you see, you're, the fans will remember it for like five minutes. You'll remember it, or the guy that did it, he'll remember it for the rest of his life. Yeah, he'll remember you know, it every time he gets out of bed in the morning and his hip pops eight times. No, no kidding. But anyway, the Ric Flair thing, I don't know what they have in mind. Uh, the only thing I can say is Tony Khan did make uh, make good on his promise. I'm going I'm to give you something that you haven't seen before, and nobody's seen that before. Uh, but we'll see how he plays it. That's why. Me. There was a certain part of me that grew up watching, you know, WCW, you know, Sting and, and, and Ric Flair back in the, the late, you know, mid to late 90s. There was a part of me that, and Tony Schiavone being a part of that, standing in the ring as well, that it, it did, there was some nostalgia there and it did take me back. But at the same time, I'm just sitting there and I, while I enjoyed it, I'm like, okay, I don't need this for three months. I don't need this for five months. Heck, Revolution's not till March. Like, that's my, that's my biggest question. What the heck does Ric Flair bring to the table? What are you going to do with him? What's the story you want to tell here other than the fact of I just want to be there as my buddy goes on this this retirement tour? That That's my biggest question, and I guess we'll find out. Okay, how do you think this story even came about? Whose idea was it? Was I, it Sting's idea? I think it was probably Sting's idea. I, I, think Sting idea? I think Sting wants him there, and I think Tony was like, sure, let's do it. Why not? I well, think I don't but but Flair did make Sting. He made him. And there's no story I may have told it here before. Sting worked with Flair. They sold out everywhere. It was great. And then Luger worked with Flair. They sold out everywhere. Then they had the idea, hey, they sold out. Why don't we book Sting against uh, Luger? And guess what they did? It went into the toilet. And I could have told them that. That's two good guys that no matter who won, you disappoint half your audience. And they they learned something. I don't know why somebody didn't tell them that before. But they had a good time. Well, I wasn't there, but I knew uh, when I heard they booked them together. You know, they would do good one time around. But then one of them's got to turn heel or do something or tell a story. They didn't do that. And then it went into the toilet. But anyway, live and learn, as they say. Indeed. Let's dive into uh, SmackDown. We'll get through. Uh, we'll get to your questions and your comments at, at the appropriate time. I do appreciate That's it. my mustache. Uh, it looks good tonight. What about mine? Thank you. Oh, okay. it looks great. It looks a little bit like Vince's, except yours is a little better than Vince's. Well, I really? will shave immediately after the uh, show is over here. <laughs> Actually, I'm not. I'm grow- I'm trying to grow the facial out for a Halloween costume. Oh, okay. Not coming While out. we're talking about this latest SmackDown show, I did learn something tonight. Yeah. They're going to Germany for the yeah. first time. Going to Germany. Uh, a premium but event wrestled, in but Germany. I, but, yeah. Well, That's I've been funny. in Germany before. But this is a they, premium. They were in Germany for house shows this week, but they are going there for a premium live event next year, about three or four weeks after where they would typically have SummerSlam. Uh, mm-hmm. SummerSlam, by the way, rumored to be in Cleveland, Ohio. 
bastards. Uh, but regardless, that's rumored to be in Cleveland, Ohio, probably late July, early August next year. And then they're going to be going to Germany for Bash in Berlin, Dutch. Bash in Berlin. Ooh. How about yeah, this? I'm and not the first person to throw this out there. Main event, yeah. Ilya Dragunov versus your boy Gunther. That'd be good. I think that's I love, you can, I think I you love, can I, sign, seal, and deliver it. That's what's going to happen. I think Gunther should be wearing the belt title that Roman Reigns is wearing right now because he has longevity. He knows how to keep himself over. He doesn't depend on just high spots. He just beats the shit out of you, which is, I mean, that has its own psychology all rolled into one. Okay, here's the next thing I want to talk about. I want you to think about this. Okay. They're going to Saudi Arabia next week. Yes. With all that trouble in the mid Middle East right now, I would hate to be on that tour. I really would. Uh, yeah. T terrorist. And I, I, don't, I don't know why nobody else has brought this up, but terrorist. If you think about it, what if they dropped a bomb about close to there? I don't even want to. Uh, I, I, no, I don't either. But that would get there. I don't know. Foreign, a lot policy of is not, foreign affairs and foreign policy is not my area of expertise. Uh, I like to talk about grappling. Uh, this is something that... Yeah, like, but I'm just saying... But this is grappling. No, I wouldn't this want to is, go on that trip right now. No, not a chance. No, I would not want to go on that. So I hope all those guys are okay. Yes. Hope absolutely. they get that Middle East settled down because it is really, really hot right now. So. Yeah. And I'm 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 concerned by the way. So. Well, let's. Now I worry. I worry about your safety, Rick. I uh, worry about everybody else's safety. I do. You know what? I'm just I, that I, type I, of guy. I don't really go anywhere. I'm work. I'm home. I'm good. Like, so unless I'm just going to get, you know, <laughs> in a car wreck on my way to work, well, I'm fine. I'm good. All right. Good for you. All right. Start talking. All right. We got, we got Jacob Douglas saying, Hey, Rick and Dutch LA Knight is owning for show. He says, I think he shall beat Roman at crown jewel. John Cena is going to smash solo as well. That was a matchup that was made official uh, earlier today. Day, broken by people magazine as uh, announced on uh, smackdown tonight that john cena is going to face solo sokoa at crown jewel and as the sag after strike here continues dutch this is wwe's gain because they can continue to trot john cena out there and keep him going in storylines and i want to talk about la night obviously uh, this was a big night for him but since jacob brought up john cena tonight I really do like the story that they are telling with John right now. Uh, he came out, he cut a promo tonight, um, says for the first time in, in 21 years since WWE wanted to fire his ass because he was underperforming, that he is basically afraid that he doesn't have what it takes. He didn't wasn't sure if he had what he, what it took to make it 21 years ago. Then he found his stride as the uh, doctor of thugonomics and eventually became the 16-time world champion that we know him to be. Now, all of a sudden, he doesn't know if he still has it. Got a great reception mm -hmm. from the Milwaukee crowd tonight. I, he's a really good actor. I can't tell if it legitimately you know, got him as he kind of teared up there a little bit. It's surprising how good of an actor John Cena is, but he played off the moment very, very well tonight, whether it was genuine or not. And 
you know, this is a very, very simple and believable story to tell Dutch. Do I still have it? Can I still go out there? Can I still mm-hmm. be the guy that you remember me being? And there's also a sense of realism here because John Cena's last few matches, his last few appearances have been mediocre at best. Let's just be completely honest about that. And I think if you ask John that, he would agree with that assessment that I just laid out there. And I'm pretty sure he said similar. Uh, his match with Austin Theory at WrestleMania was probably the worst one of the weekend because it was really just a basic match and you know dutch when you take time off and we saw this with kurt angle like he took a lot of time off then he tries to do this this retirement tour and his body had solidified on him and it stiffened up he couldn't move like he used to john can't move like he used to i think we saw it with carlito tonight he can't move like he used to there is all these guys are in great shape they're still in great shape too, yeah but they're not in the best ring shape at this point. I love this story that they're telling with John. I think this does put Solo in a big spot. Come out, Crown Jewel. Is Solo in a in a position where if he needs to, can he carry John Cena to a great performance? I love the story, and I think this is a hell of a spot for Solo Sokoa. Maybe he doesn't have to carry John to a, a great match. If they go off that interview, if John hurts his back, but refuses to give up and solo just keeps on him and keeps on him. And he finally passes out or he doesn't give up. He passes out, whatever, but solo still doesn't give up on him and continues to try to hurt him, to put him out of wrestling forever. Now I think that would get a little steam on, on solo and more sympathy for John, because that's just going along with the story. I mean, that's, that's what I would suggest. They, they might say, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about, but it would work. Sure. If, but uh, John is telling that story because, and that wasn't his acting that took over. I think he really seriously believes that because, you know, he said, I can't really do this anymore like I used to. I mean, you're not completely blind to your abilities when you get older. You just can't do it. Yeah, you got to be honest with yourself, right? Well, I can't do it. Hell, I couldn't do it 30 years ago. No, I couldn't do it in my prime. That's what I was was telling myself when I was in my prime. I can't do this crap. That's why you took took the Paul Heyman approach. You grabbed the microphone, started talking. Well, and, uh, but I, uh, John Cena, as you said, turned in a credible performance. I think the people felt it in their heart. Yeah. And he's got a lot of hardcore fans out there. And once you tell that story from the heart that you said is believable and credible, you kind of got them. So if you just do something that's not wild and way out there, the people will come to you. They will, they will buy that. And it's like wrestling has worked for years. You know, they don't know if you're hurt or not. I just, just you do. But if you give off the impression you're damaged, you're damaged goods, they'll buy that. Yeah, for sure. And look, they're blur the lines of reality, right? You know, like, yes, put some realism, put some, some of that real conflict, that real life storyline into what you're doing on TV. And I'll buy into it. Seth Rollins Mm -hmm. has been having back problems for, for two years now. So they've really started to tie that in and, you know, can Shinsuke Nakamura break him? Can he stand up to somebody like a Drew McIntyre who just looks like he should be able to, 
break somebody in half if he really wanted to, right? So that's the story they're telling with Seth, and there's some realism there. How injured is his back? I don't freaking know, but I don't need to know either. I don't need to know everything. Um, but you just need to know that it's hurt. Yeah, that's it. To the degree he's hurt, you don't need to know that. Correct. One, one million percent. So I like what they did with John tonight. I like this story that they're telling. And honestly, I would not be surprised if they don't know what direction they're going in Saudi Arabia at this point, because negotiations are still going on between the actors union and, and the Hollywood studio executives. If they reach an agreement on, you know, tomorrow Dutch he'll wrestle in crown jewel. I bet you he probably gets squashed by solo Sokoa. And that's it. We don't see him again because he said he's already got Hollywood commitments. What would the actor strike have to do with that? I'm not, I'm not getting it here. So yeah. So the actor strike, John can't do any of his film projects. Oh, I see. So right now he's working because WWE superstars are not union, you know, with, with this, with the actor strike, even though they are technically actors, right? They are not union. So they can continue to work. It was the same thing with the writers during the writer strike. The writer strike is over. The studios have said, hey, look, we want to get a deal done, I believe, by the end of next week or we'll meet again in January. So if they don't get a deal done within the next few days, John could be here for through Royal Rumble season, through WrestleMania mm-hmm. season, if this strike continues to stretch on into 2024. So I think they're leaving their options open. So if the strike ends next week and John has to go to do back back to work, back to do his film commitments, I think Solo kicks his ass in Saudi Arabia. He doesn't get uh, maybe a couple of moves in, and then we start to wonder, do we ever see John Cena again? He'll wave his hat, mm-hmm. he'll walk out, or they'll stretch him out, whatever they got to do to sell that story and really put Solo over as a monster. And that may ultimately be what they do anyway, but it still is a big spot for, for Solo Sokoa to get this match. And if they do have a match, going to be interesting to see what John can bring to the table. Can he deliver? the way that he used to. And if he can't, can Solo get him across the finish line? It's going to be interesting to see for me. Well, it won't be a long match. We'll know that. Seven minutes, Max, I think. But it doesn't it doesn't have to be. And my finish, I gave my result. But actually accomplished both things. He didn't give up. He doesn't give up. He gets hurt. And the referee stops it. That's his, And they, carry, they kind of carry him out. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There are ways... The, look, the, you can have Solo be attacking before the bell even rings, right? You could have Any, him. anything. Yeah. I think the worst result is if he beats Solo, which is I don't think is good for business because Solo's going to be here. He's going to be with us. So why ruin him? And if he beats uh, Cena, that's like a eh, that's like a crowd let down. So now your crowd goes flat. So if you do it the other way, my way or something similar to that, I think it'll work. Are you listening, WWE? I'm giving you to giving you that for free. I expect uh, to check Steve, sometime. Stephen Chambers saying, "Would you put Cena and Solo as the opening match for Crown Jewel?" I would. I no. would. Uh, I would not. It it depends because I think all you have to do is hit John Cena's music and the crowd's fired up. Um, but also you want to set the tone for the night. So maybe, maybe not, right? Maybe you, maybe you want to do, maybe you do Seth Rollins Rollins and, and, uh, and Drew McIntyre to open up the show. Um, Didn't he open up uh, another show over there in the Middle East? Uh, 
who do you open it up with? Wasn't he the first match out there with uh, Austin Theory? No. Or was he second? I, I, can't, I can't remember at this point. Okay. I can barely remember what matches were on the Saudi Arabia pay-per-views, let alone <laughs> the order. We need our historian here, but uh, SP3 is, is off for the night. So double thinking myself. It would be really easy for WWE to just kick off the show, get the crowd hot with John Cena, but not knowing what kind of match you're going to get. I think maybe you want to kick it off with, with something a little, a, a little hotter. Maybe you kick it off with Rey Mysterio and Logan Paul. We'll talk about them coming up here. Uh, in well, a that'd be bit. great. Kick. I always heard start your night off with a kick-ass match that gets the fans involved. Correct. Get, yes. them, get them up. Get them on their feet. Because the next match, you're going to kind of let them down a little bit, but not in a way that they go away, but in a way, well, he's really hurt. Now they've been up. Now they've been down. Now you're riding that emotional roller coaster and see what you come right. up with. So maybe you do Cena and Solo second. We, uh, we'll see. It's interesting. It's a good question. It's a good thought process, and it's. I'm glad I don't have to make these decisions. That's for sure. Dutch, I thought this was a big night for LA night. Uh, we open up the show here. We open up with the Tribal Chief. This is the big contract signing for uh, Crown Jewel, the WWE Universal Championship match. Roman Reigns, he's going to be doing his big, grandiose entrance. He goes to lift the title belt up and get uh, his, his, his big-ass pyro entrance going. <laughs> no time for that. L.A. Knight's yeah. music hits. Roman we'll Reigns befuddled, and I loved this. Yeah, You said it. He walks right by him, doesn't even look at him, doesn't acknowledge him. He struts down to the ring. It's like, it's screw you. I don't even care about you and what you've done. It was the most, I don't give a fuck energy you could have for a guy in the best way possible. Like, I don't mean he didn't care about what he was doing that night. He just meant, I don't care about anything about else except I'm what the, I'm, I'm doing. I'm the star. I'm, I'm the star here. The star. Yes. Because you know, there are still, some people out there, mostly critics and the like, who who don't know if LA Knight belongs in this spot. And he is out there. Look, I got full confidence. I got all the bravado. I know that I belong here. He doesn't acknowledge Roman Reigns. He does his entire entrance. And then what does he do? He sits at the head of the table, Dutch. He steals, he steals Roman's seat hey, and then doesn't let him Heyman move the table. He steals Heyman's seat. Did Heyman move it and then he took it? Well, he tried. He, tried to move yeah, it but, so Roman could sit at the head of the table, and then he he just took it and he sat down. And he's at the head of the table. That was good. Two little things that were small, but were huge. Said a lot, yeah. And and, and they meant something. So, but you know, they are always going to get in some kind of a a fight or a squabble. You expected that, but it was good. It, it really was. And he ends up after he, you know, Roman leaves and then. Uh, the Uso brother comes in. He's still standing tall at the end. So, yeah. Then that set up the match for the main event, which was good. They set that up well. Yeah, and the the promo exchange we got between these two, it wasn't necessarily long. Um, Nick Aldis was there tonight, but he was just kind of a set piece, really. Nothing, nothing really there to uh, progress his storyline for what we're we've been seeing with Adam I, Pierce. I, I did, think that's more to set up Survivor Series than anything. So didn't need it tonight. Yeah, I didn't like what he said. Well, that's all I'm obligated to do. <laughs> I'm out. See ya. Uh, I he see you do what, what you want to do now. I know what happens at these contract signings. I'm getting the F out of here. But <laughs> I loved the little exchanges. I thought the messaging here from both Roman Reigns and LA Knight was great. You had Roman Reigns get on the microphone 
And he is, whether he truly believes it or not, he's putting on his confidence face, right? He's sitting here saying, this is your first contract signing. This is your first championship match. Like, what are you doing? It gave off real Cinderella Man vibes. Have you ever seen Cinderella yep. Man? It was, it was, it was Max Bear. Hey, I, was, I swear to God, I was just watching it this afternoon. Were you really? No, I just said that. <laughs> I was going to say, it's on, it's on TNT like all the damn time. So, like, oh, yeah, you, okay. put, you put it. Anyway, um, <laughs> but like it, it, it was, it was Max Bear. It was, uh, I can't remember his freaking name, uh, Bulldog of Bergen, Jimmy something or other, but it was, it was those two. It was Roman Reigns playing the clown saying, Hey, look, I'm going to take it really gentle. I'm going to carry you for a couple rounds. I'm going to make you look as good as possible in your first, in your first WWE championship match. But you know, I'm going to smash you. I'm going to stack you. I'm going to do all that stuff. Like we already know this is, this is predetermined, right? We already know I'm going to win this thing, but I'll take it nice and easy on you. And I love LA Knight coming back at him and saying, hey, look, I hope you take it easy on me because if you do, I'm going to whoop your ass because I got to where I'm at in one year and it took you several years to get to the point that I'm at right now. Mr. Succotash. Yes. Whatever you said. That was yeah. good. That That's a nice callback to the days where Vince was like, no, you damn it, you need to say this. And even Roman afterwards is like, I really didn't want to say that, but I said it. Like, it was yeah. such a bad moment. And there were a lot of bad moments as, you know, Vince was trying to get Roman over, and it was seven years until he finally got Roman over because he turned him heel, right? And and now we got this tribal chief character and has really come to an And own. I, I love the story when, telling these, between these When two. they turned him heel... It was a long time before people reacted to him because they didn't really want to see him as a heel. It took time. Well, it took time and because we, it was a while before we even saw fans, though, because he turned heel at at SummerSlam in the Thunderdome era in 2020. So it wasn't no fans until, were there. No fans were there. No, it was TV screen. So it wasn't until what WrestleMania in Tampa, WrestleMania 37, that we. Mm -hmm. Is that what it was? Or was that after? Was Roman even at 37? I see. I can't even remember. You now. need to have your, we need to have Sid here. He's Sid the historian. There's a reason why he's yeah. on the show. I think, 37 came, I think 37, excuse me. I think, I don't think 37 had Roman on it. I think 37 uh, was like a test run, trial run in Tampa. And then after, then it was like SummerSlam after. I don't remember. But anyway, so I how, know many, he how many days is, has he been the champion? 1,000. 153 days. Something like that. It's they, ridiculous. They beat the shit out of you with that number. And it changes every week. But it's a three and a half year experiment. Yeah. That worked. So, yeah. and that's why. Who's, I know, who he, I know he came that, back. I know he came back and he won the title a week later at Payback. He beat, mm -hmm. uh, he beat Bray Wyatt to, uh, to take mm -hmm. the championship. So, yeah. I mean, he's been well, holding on to it ever since. And I think he'll hold on to it for a while. Yeah, I don't. And, and I know people are in the chat. There's multiple people who are sitting here saying LA Knight should be the guy. You know, again, Dutch, we've done this. We've been down this road, right? there. We've got so many people in the chat who want LA Knight to be the guy to dethrone Roman Reigns. And we have been here with, well, it's got to be Drew at Clash of the Castle. Okay, well, it wasn't Drew. Well, it, it, it's got to be Sammy in Montreal. Well, it wasn't Sammy in Montreal. It's got to be Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. It wasn't Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. Well, it's got to be Jey Uso. It wasn't Jey Uso. Now it has to be LA Knight. He's too hot. I don't. <laughs> I don't those are great LA fans. 
Those it's are great, great booking by WWE is what it is. Because sit because like five of the last seven challengers for Roman Reigns, you have had the fans so behind his opponent that they say, well, it has to be this guy who beats him. It has to be this guy who beats him. And it's not going to be. It's not going to no. be. But it's not going to derail LA Knight either because LA Knight is on a trajectory. He's so hot right now, Dutch. Like, the chase, you're not going to derail him. Nothing has derailed him. And people you know, are, you know what is him out of it, but he's going to be, he's still going to be on the hunt. He's still going to be on the chase and the people are still going to be behind. Him. You know what is a possibility? That something happens to Roman, he gets hurt, but nobody really beats him. I mean, the title ends up on somebody else, and you got to be careful about that too. Now they can go back through all these opponents again because Roman is trying to come back, and that's a long, drawn-out process too. But they they have demonstrated they can take it over time and stretch it out and make it mean something. Sure. I would, you know, my ultimate, my dream match right now, if they worked it right, would Sting be. Versus Ric Flair. Oh yeah, again, yeah, Side Sting power. and Ric Flair versus Roman Reigns. They and it's a two-hour three, and uh, that would turn match. into a coffin match. I would love to see, and this will be different, and I think we're going to see this somewhere within the next year or two. Roman Reigns versus Gunther. I would love to see that. Who, who would you call to win that match? Gunther. Gunther. Well, I'm close. I don't. I don't think be, we're going to get. That it. would be. I don't think. Oh, we're I, I get think it. we will. I think we will. Right now, at least not. You, you calling me a liar? No, no. We'll get it one day, <laughs> but I don't think we're going to get it in this stretch of Roman Reigns as champion. Because right now, I would still put a, 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 a an amount of money that I care about. Right now, I'm putting it on Cody Rhodes to beat Roman Reigns in the main event of WrestleMania 40. Like that's where I believe they're headed right now. That's yeah. that's where the ball game ends, so to speak, for Roman Reigns as as champion. Uh, and personally, I would love to see Cody win it, and then Damian Priest cash in on him and take it from him, like minutes after and in, minutes into his celebration. Like that's what I would love to see because that's the Cody Rhodes finish, right? Is but, Cody Rhodes okay. finally wins this, finishes the story. He beats here's, Roman here's, Reigns, and then he gets cashed in on like almost immediately. Doesn't that uh, money in the bank? Does it? Doesn't it have a time limit? It does, but it's not until next summer. But he's got a year, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's why I don't want to see and Damian be cashing in anytime soon. I want Damian to take the title off of Cody. Is what I want to see. You can give Cody his good. moment. He wins it. He gets the big That'd celebration. He did it. He knocks. He knocks. He knocks Roman off the pedestal. He's pinned the tribal chief. He finally wins the title. He celebrates. Crowd's going nuts. And Judgment Day hits the damn ring, and they take it from him. I'd love to see it. Brother, I, I think I you, would, you would have it. You talk about some fan backlash. You would have it. Nuclear I would, level. I, I would wait. You would make Damian Priest in the process. I would wait to SmackDown. To, I mean, to Raw to do it. <laughs> he comes out there, and since something happens, and boom, he hits a ring and beats him. One, two, three. He has a a one day reign. Anyway, uh, Chris saying that's unless actually, but that back. is a pretty good. That is a uh, a pretty good thought. Uh, the Rock comes back. I don't think he's coming back. I I think the latest reporting has kind of squashed that. 
that rumor right now. Uh, but we'll see. Anything can change because, you know, it all depends on who's booking creative. Right but, now it's Triple H solely. See, what we're doing, we have that. a lot of ideas right now because the bench is deep. Yeah, and that's mean, what I'm saying. Ago, you don't this bench had, had one guy. Had one guy. Had Roman. That's it. Yeah. But now they built these these other characters, these this other talent, and now the bench is deep. Now you can look down there and you can see a lot of things where a lot of guys would fit. Right now it's L.A. Knight, and let's see what he does. At least yeah. he's new. At least they're not going back with the return matches of Roman, pay-per-view after pay-per-view after pay-per-view. They give him yeah, a different that, opponent. So we'll see. That's why we watch wrestling, to see what they're going to do. And it's WWE listening to the fans. You cannot sit here and tell. I know they plan things out at Triple they're H. Plays the long game. They're listening to me and you. That's what they do. But they're listening to the fans, man. Like they, they, they are not sit here and tell me that LA Knight was always going to be in this spot because he that's bullshit. He not no, he was never meant to two a year ago. Who put him was, in that was, spot? Who put him in that spot? Right now, the fans, like you said, yes, absolutely. Yes, they listened to the fans and said, why, why are we fighting this? Let's go with it. And they're cheering him now, and he ain't even want a match. You know, so who let's get behind there? him a little bit. You know who else was in there? Who the fans did with the merchandise sales, and then Slim Jim did it when they said, "Hey, we want him as our spokesperson." That's it. You get, but you Money. get fan dollars behind you. You get sponsorship dollars behind you. Your ass is getting a title shot, and the like. Mm -hmm. He wins that battle royal at, at Ford Field in Detroit at SummerSlam, and now he has been off to the races ever since then. And a couple of months later, he's wrestling Roman Reigns for the WWE Universal Championship again. I don't think Good he's going to win it. I don't think he's going to win it, but what if he did, Dutch? Let me ask you that. What if LA Knight wins at Crown Jewel? What does that do? Does that throw a massive monkey wrench into everything that Triple H has been doing for the last three years? Uh, Triple H and Vince McMahon combined with, with Roman Reigns. Like, Could you have LA Knight win it at Crown Jewel? Hey, you can have anything you want, really. Yeah. But would it be good for business? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Roman is the guy. Sure. And if you beat him, then LA Knight's the guy, but he's a babyface. And it's easier to get the babyfaces to try to dethrone the, the heel, the king of the heel, the heels, than to get a heel to dethrone a babyface. People will pay to see the babyface win. They won't pay to see him lose. So once you put the, the title on LA Knight, now he's got to drop it somewhere. People don't want to see that. Unless you have a heel they just kind of love, and we've seen that too. But I, I, don't, I don't foresee him winning at all at, at Crown Jewel. No, I think he wins by putting on a great match. I, I think that's – Yeah, he will. And, and Sid has but, talked about that. You know, it's like, look, if you can go out there in the main event and put on a great performance, that's that's a win. And, and WWE knows they have a guy that they can rely on, they can count on in big spots, yeah. that can deliver. Yeah. And Roman is the guy to carry it. All right, continue. Yeah, uh, the main event ended up being uh, LA Knight and Jimmy Uso. LA Knight gets the win. I love it when he does the uh, the leapfrog superplex, goes right into the BFT, and then Roman hits the ring, and he hits the BFT on Roman, so LA Knight stands tall uh, to end the show. We talk about LA Knight. We talk about John Cena. We had the Street Profits tonight against Carlito and Santos Escobar. Profits finally get a new theme song. I have been waiting for this. Uh, I, I think the song itself is fine. I'm not going to sit here and say it's it's one of the best that they put together, but it definitely fits 
this new persona, them coming out to the upbeat and the solo cups flying. They actually got rid of the solo cups a few weeks ago. If you paid close mm -hmm. enough attention, but now they're not coming around, hopping around and doing all this stuff. They are definitely more serious. They're more focused. That's the story that they're trying to tell here. Uh, they do get a, um, an assist from Logan Paul to win this match. Logan Paul knocks out Rey Mysterio as he's watching backstage, why they would put Rey Mysterio on the big tr jumbotron watching the match that's in the ring. I don't know why they would do that. Uh, but still Logan Paul knocks out Rey Mysterio. <laughs> Right. And naturally Santos Escobar sees it and he sends Carlito to the back saying, I got this. I got this. He don't got this. Uh, he gets hit with the street profits finisher and uh, the profits win the match here. So they get a win. They needed the win. It doesn't really hurt the LWO because, you know, you can give credit to Logan Paul. Santos Escobar was left high and dry after he sent Carlito to the back here. But uh, what do you think about this tag team match overall? Uh, a good maintenance match. And we've seen this finish before. It's like, uh, I bet I've seen this finish, what, three or four times already on TV. And the guy's all of a sudden, he's watching. If you try to con like de deconstruct it, he's standing there looking at, at the match, and all of a sudden he gets hit. And then, oh, I, I got to go help him. If you really think about it, why? he leaves the ring to go help. It, it, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. It works, but it's not really a, really uh, a good sense-making angle. It, it gets the point over. But I would have rather have seen because to me, it abstract doesn't make sense. way of getting back to it. To me, it doesn't make sense to have Rey Mysterio watching this match backstage on TV when he could be out watching it ringside. Then you could have Logan Paul jump the barrier, sucker punch Rey Mysterio. Maybe he shoves Carlito, and then Carlito chases after Logan Paul, leaving Santos Escobar behind to get hit by the uh, by the Street Profits finisher, which whose name is escaping me. I believe it's the Revelation or something like that. Uh, but gets hit by that. That to me makes more sense from a logistical standpoint than I like hey, the finish. We're gonna I like have. That. We're going to have Rey Mysterio on the big screen watching the match that's currently going on in the ring, and then that's what's going to distract Santos Escobar. And you know, I would take the big screen down to the ring and have <laughs> I'd have Mysterio watching the big screen when the match is going on right behind him. See, that's what I'd do. That makes a lot of sense. No, but your, your, your description of it does make sense. Have him down there. I think it would have made a lot more sense personally, but, and just from, like I said, from a logistical standpoint, regardless, this is what they do. It's it helps. I do like Logan Paul being the asshole that just kind of jumps Rey Mysterio in the back. Uh, this is a match that he wanted. He challenged Rey Mysterio to this and Dutch right now, according to bet online, Logan Paul is the betting favorite to win the United States championship next week. Would you be okay yeah, with Logan Paul as yes. the United States champion? Yes, I would, but wait a minute. This is what I was going to bring up. They're going to have a weigh-in. Yeah. I never heard of a, a weight limit. And they're going to have a weigh-in. Why? Because Logan Paul's a boxer. Uh, Logan Paul's a boxer, so they're going to do a weigh-in. Now, that doesn't make a bit of sense. The, Dutch, but this, I, I don't, is, but, 
This is a vehicle. This is this might as well be a contract signing. It's a contract yeah, signing yeah, without absolutely. doing the contract signing because it's gonna be the same thing. They're gonna go there. They're gonna flex. Yep. They're gonna do their bullshit, and they're gonna end up fighting Dutch. Like it's yeah. just. Yep. It's just a path to get them in the ring at the same time so they can beat the crap out of each other is exactly what it is. But a way in, and I'm thinking, <laughs> I've never seen a way in. I have, but I've never heard of the weight limits for any of these classes. It's just, I don't There's know. There's no classes <laughs> in wrestling. There's no classes uh, in wrestling. There's no absolutely. title anymore. There's no... Heck, has there ever really been class uh, classes? Like they always have like no. the 205 or the light heavyweight championship or the cruiserweight championship, whatever you call it. But everybody else is over Nothing. 405 pounds, which is yep. by the way, nowadays, uh 85% of the roster, you're all in the heavyweight division. Like they've absolutely, absolutely there's no welter, there's no featherweight, there's none of that. But crap. they couldn't have another contract signing because they just had one. Exactly. So they're doing a way. So they said, Oh, we'll do a way in. I don't yes. know. Yes. But anyway, I think they could have come up with something better, but they didn't. It worked anyway. Just sometimes in wrestling, you have to overlook this stuff and then just go ahead and envision the match. That's what I, that's what I do. Yeah. What, I, what I do like about this is they have already set up Logan Paul uh, and his future rivals. They have set up already Logan Paul and a ricochet rematch by what they did this past Monday on raw. And then we get Logan Paul and Kevin Owens tonight. Very simple, very simple. Yep. Logan Paul, after he just did all this stuff, he's looking at Kevin that, Owens and that they just stare at each other. That's it. That's very, all he had to do. Very impressive. That does more for Kevin Owens than anything else. He's just standing there and they have words back and forth, but he, but that puts him in the same frame as Logan Paul. Now, then they had the other two guys, uh, Theory, and what's the other kid's name? Uh, Grayson Waller, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then he punches both of them, boom, boom. That was the best exchange on the entire show. Yeah, it's yeah. like, you, yeah. You're like, oh, so we're the guys with the punchable faces. Like, yeah, absolutely, you're the guys with the punchable faces. I bet I could punch you both at the same time with one shot. And he's sitting there going back and forth. Then we get J.B. Noble, who brings in and breaks it up. And they're, they they walk away, and it's like, I bet you, I, I, I know I could hit them both with one shot. And then they they pan away. They got Grayson and Austin. Oh, what, what, what do we do? We just line up here, and it, he would punch us in the face. And then the hand comes right out of nowhere. He cold cocks both of them in one punch. And then he screams back, I told you I could do it, Jamie. It was brilliant. That was, was good. Hilarious. I that, laughed that was my good. ass off at that. Uh, Kevin Owens is great, but they set up Kevin Owens and Logan Paul there. They've already got Logan Paul and Ricochet. Uh, SP3's theory is that once LA Knight loses to um, Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel, that you could have LA Knight challenge Logan Paul for the United States title at WrestleMania. But I love the idea of Logan being the U.S. champion because that's going to get that U.S. title everywhere. That's wherever Logan yeah. Paul goes. Wherever his podcast is, however many people watch him or follow him on social media, they're going to see that WWE United States Championship on his shoulder. That was the argument yeah. for why he should have won against Roman Reigns is because of the crossover mainstream press that he's going to get. He can do that with the United States title. It's perfect. You know what I love tonight? When Paul Heyman was backstage with Roman Reigns, and he had that belt that had the G Green on Bay it. Packers belt. Yeah, they've been doing that product oh, for a while. Yeah. Oh, that that was that was right in time for Christmas. Hell, I might even go buy one. I guess they got all the teams in there, don't they? So you yeah, can pick you your got team, 650 but, bucks. Yeah, it's it's worth that. I, I would think for a fan, they'll pay that. Where uh, else I you mean, gonna get it? 
Where I, is she going to get you it? Can't. You can't. I'd love to get one. I don't have 650 bucks to spend on a belt because I don't want to get the Okay, I'm going to talk to Sports Kita bosses, and I'm going to have you get one so you can put back on the wall there. Please, Look, if WWE or the Cincinnati Bengals or any of our illustrious fans here, they want to they give me 650 bucks or give me a, a Cincinnati Bengals championship title, please. Uh, I, I'm not well, too Sports proud Kita, I, I'm sure Riju, our friend, could call up there and they would send him one, a complimentary belt, just to give to you. That's what I'd do. After after five, how long have I been here now? Five years of loyal service. Yes, I will take that See? Christmas bonus. I will take that Christmas bonus of the <laughs> WWE uh, Bengals championship belt. I do want one. I want one so bad. But See, if, if I, you want I spend $650 on a belt right now, because you know yeah. why they're so expensive, is because both the NFL and WWE have to make their money off those things. So that's why they're $650. But if I spent $650 well, on that, I'd get divorced. And I don't want to get divorced right now. Um, if I get you one, will you thank me on air? Yes, of course. Okay, of course I will. All right, man. Remember, he said that. Yes, I'll say whatever. I'll, Dutch, I'll say whatever the hell you want. I'll say whatever the well, hell. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll record a video telling Ric Flair how much he sucks if you really want me to do. You know, <laughs> if, you, if you buy me one of those belts. Um, we had Cedric Alexander on the show tonight, Dutch, against Dragon Lee. I thought this was the best match of the night. Uh, I know fans were excited about these two uh, getting into the ring with each other once it started for obvious reasons. I thought they worked really, really well with each other. I don't think they, um, I don't think they went as far as they could together. I think they held back a little bit in this match tonight, this first meeting between them. They needed to. They need to save something for the next match. Exactly. Exactly. So they don't. It's, they don't need to throw it all out there. It's a Friday night in October. All right. You don't. And it's not just a match. Not it's everything. A needs to, not everything needs to be balls to the wall all the time. But it was a nice appetizer of what these two can do with one another. And reminded I me of myself in my younger days. Absolutely. That's what that was. What I thought is I thought Cedric Alexander looked like a young uh, Dutch Mantel tonight, but. <laughs> You it's actually pretty funny. That's why I like doing podcasts with you because it's uh, it, you, you're just you make me laugh. You're pretty, you're pretty, you're pretty humorous. I, I do what I can. I'm glad somebody appreciates my damn humor. But <laughs> we know WWE's behind Dragon Lee. We've seen that with how they have progressed him. Now, where is he from? Him. He's from Mexico. I believe so. Yes. Um, you. So he's a Mexican portraying like an oriental character speaking spanish is that it no no the dragon lee is is that that that's oriental right i mean he they they said like bruce lee was his like idol so he you know took that name and bruce lee is he's oriental correct uh, yeah oh say it you're not you, you, nobody will you jump know, I, on you i i don't like seriously this is you're talking about oh, you're things that so, I am not an expert on at all. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hopping on that. I'm not hopping on any of that stuff. But regardless, <laughs> we know that we know that WWE is behind Dragon Lee based on how they have um, presented him, how they rushed him through NXT, or at least progressed him quickly through NXT, and now he is a part of SmackDown. The interesting part of this, Dutch, is Cedric Alexander. Not only was he on SmackDown in his first one-on-one match tonight, he got a vignette. He got to talk tonight. They said he had know, a match. He had a match last week too. 
Yeah, he said this is the age of Alexander. Was he on SmackDown last week? No, no, no. Yeah, I thought you were talking about Dragon Lee. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm talking about uh, yeah, Cedric Alexander. I I missed SmackDown last week. I still haven't watched it. I had the worst migraine I've had in my life last week. That's why I wasn't here. But we knew Dragon Lee would win this match. But it's interesting to see that they bring in Cedric Alexander. They give him this vignette. They give him a catchphrase saying this is going to be the age of Alexander. Um, it's interesting to see what Triple H has up his sleeve with Cedric. What do you think they can do with a guy like Cedric Alexander, Dutch? Because this is a guy who's been around for a while, but outside of his run with the Hurt Business when it was at the top of its game, they've literally done nothing with him. And maybe that's a Vince so, call. I don't know. But Triple H is in charge now. Clearly, they think they can do something with him or they're not going to you know, present him in this fashion, right? Well, they're going to put him out there and see what bails he rings, <clears throat> how the fans react to him. Much like they did with uh, L.A. Knight. I don't think he'll have the success L.A. Knight has. But who knows? He may just go out there and he, he may have a chemistry with those fans. What was his chemistry when he was with NXT? Fans react to him? Um, I, I, I still don't think he ever really, as, as far as a singles competitor, I don't think he ever really reached the heights that he got in the cruiserweight classic where the fans were chanting, please sign Cedric, right? Like he, the fans Ooh. were with him. They wanted WWE to sign. And, and it depends on the story they tell with him. Yeah. And then after that, he was on 205 live. He had a great run as a cruiserweight champion, but they, they never really pushed him as a singles competitor. Uh, and then he was as part of the street business and uh, the street profits, sorry, street business is uh, Sid's name for uh, Lashley's new faction. But, um, you know, they pushed him as part of the hurt business and people got behind him there. But again, as a singles competitor, as a guy who's actually has a character and a story, we've never really seen that out of him. Um, so I'm interested to see what, what they got going on with him there. It, it's, it's, when you have a guy, though, Dutch, in this situation, right, just speaking broadly, when you have a guy who's as talented as Cedric Alexander is, who has been around for years now at this point, and people know him, but they're not invested in him because you've never done anything with him, how difficult are you of a situation? It's going to be hard unless somebody has an idea for him. So I would have to look at him, and I don't know if my idea would work, but I'm sure they're looking for one now that's going to kind of, you know, wrestling is more than just in-ring wrestling. You know, it's, it's, you know, I talk about the heart a lot. When you see him, do you feel anything for him other than just a competitor, a wrestler? Right. Is he tugging at you or is he saying what he's had a hard time in his life or this happened or that happened? No, he's just a wrestler. And wrestling is more than that. Wrestling is a story. Even if a guy comes in the ring, you don't know him from Adam's house cat. You can still find something about him. He reminds you of somebody. Or he's not as big as the other guy. Or he's this or that. Or, but you got to feel something for him. And this is not a knock on Mr. Alexander. But when I look at him, he's just a competitor. He's just a guy out there. And his interview was just straight up, straightforward. It didn't yeah. really. I don't know who. I I don't know. That's what I'm saying. You don't know, don't who, know he who he is. is. I don't uh, right. now. 
Like, I don't know who he's supposed to be. You would have more people cheering for you than what cheer for Cedric. Well, yeah, but see, you kind of paint a portrait. Uh, if people heard you talk, they'd either hate you, which I think they would, uh, or they'd like you. But at least, at least you you move the needle a little bit. I was a he's heel. Not moving, he's I was not a moving. Heel in my one match that I had, I was the. Well, you're a heel in real. You're a heel in real life, probably. I know. But what I'm saying, I'm you got to move the needle. You know, you, you got to move the needle either toward they like you or they don't, and then go from there. Silence. So we'll see. Silence is death. Silence is death. Uh, Benny asking what happened to Apollo Cruz. Great question. He was drafted to Raw. We haven't seen him since, so I don't know. Uh, Stephen Chambers. He's, you guys, he's in the tube. Do you guys see Jade showing up at Crown Jewel? I do not. Um, no. I believe we have not. No seen need him. to. No need yeah. to. I think she's NXT bound. I think they've pretty much confirmed that already. We did not see Jade on Raw this week. We did not see Jade on SmackDown this week, but she was sitting in a big-ass throne watching Becky Lynch and Live Valkyria fight for the NXT Women's Championship. She was on NXT the week before doing the countdown, uh, you know, TikTok saying, hey, time's coming. I think they have made the right decision. I think they are starting her in NXT. I think she'll be the face of NXT sooner rather than later, and she will win that NXT Women's Championship uh, probably right around WrestleMania season if I was a betting man. So, no, I don't think we're going to see her at Crown Jewel. Well, I thought maybe you know we'd see her my, tonight. You know, who, you know who one of my favorite girls is right now? Who that? Chelsea. Well, she's been your girl for years. Oh, yeah, but, but she's even, even she got beat tonight, but she's still my girl. I think they have just untapped potential with that. She can do anything. She can act. She can cry. She can dance. She can sing. She can make you feel sad. I mean, I think she has it all. Her and my my girl that they just got rid of. What what's her name? Lacey Evans was that her name? Yeah, yeah. And I, I liked her too. I don't know what her problem was, but I was a big big supporter of her. She was a good talker. And Lacey's a good talker. She, so, and she uh, the thing I loved about Lacey, right? The thing I loved about Lacey was she enlisted. Hey, watch her. She's my, she's my, she's my girlfriend, you know. So she, I, I that's why be, res be, be respectful. I've seen you online with her. Um, but you know, I, <laughs> I, she elicited a response from the crowd. They have a ton of girls right now that are better than Lacey Evans was in the ring. They're super Ooh. talented, but they don't generate a response from the crowd and a lot of that has to do with how they've booked the women's division over the last year and i do not think that it for one second that it is a coincidence that all of a sudden vince mcmahon is out of creative thanks to ari emmanuel and the the boys over at tko and triple h has full reign that the last three weeks on monday night raw we have seen 14 15 and 16 different women on the show so now triple mm -hmm. h knows I got all this talent. I got to start doing something with him. I got to start getting him over. And now he's trying to do it all at once. And it's a daunting, daunting task, which is why. And somebody asked early on in the show, and I want to find it and I want to pull it out. Uh, I want to get your response on this here, Dutch, as we will wrap up with the women's division tonight. I can't find the chat. I should have marked it. But somebody asked, what did you think about Nia Jax returning to WWE? And I said, I loved it. I love them bringing back Nia Jax because much like Lacey Evans, she elicits a response from the crowd. They love to hate her. And she is exactly what a locker room full of baby faces that aren't getting big reactions from the crowd right now mm -hmm. needs because they will no cheer kidding. 
for the Tegan Knoxes and the Raquel Rodriguez's and the Shayna Baszler's and pick your pick whoever they'll root for them over Nia Jax because they hate Nia so much. And sooner or later, Dutch, they will start cheering for the other people and not just against Nia Jax. Oh, I agree. They got all the girls in there and really the, the girl wrestling is, is different, but it's not really that much different than the men. They got to elicit a reaction. Yeah. And that's what, uh, Lacey Evans did for me. Chelsea does it. Nia Jax does it. And they elicit more of a reaction than name somebody else who's a big star over there. I mean, <laughs> outside of Rhea and Becky, you really don't have a whole lot of people who elicited a response. Like, I love Candice LeRae. I think she might be the best wrestler on the entire women's roster. Like, doesn't matter. She's great. But they never used her. They, no one knows who she is. No one reacts when she goes out there. Nikki Cross who doesn't is, get a great let, reaction let me, right now. Let me ask you this. I keep reading about this guy, <clears throat> and I read about him in NXT. I think they brought him up, but they're not doing nothing with him. Dexter Loomis? Yeah, Dexter, yeah. Now he's the one who couldn't speak. Or he didn't speak. He could speak. Did, he didn't speak. And I just saw bits and pieces of him down there, and I saw when he got married. Yeah. I saw that. That was and a great moment. That's when he that that's was, when he spoke for the first time is when he said I do yeah. with Hartwell. Yeah. And and who was his buddy? What's his name? Johnny Gargano. Yeah. So and I remember when he spoke to him with such a big reaction in, in with, with Johnny and I guess the crowd. But he he actually touches you somewhere. I mean, you feel something for this guy. Now I think some of those girls look alarmingly alike because they're pretty girls, really pretty girls. And sometimes you can take a really pretty girl that she's a heel. Well, you don't want to cheer against her. The guys don't. But guys like Nia Jax, who's a heel regardless, and Lacey Evans and my little Chelsea tonight, you want to see them get beat. But that's what they got to do. They got to start turning the needle in the emotional department. And the wrestling can go down the chart a little bit. They don't have to be great wrestlers, but they have to be great actors just yes. to make you feel something for them. And, and look, like you, you brought up Dexter Loomis. We haven't seen him in months. Yeah. They, they, and I think, again, I think, I think Vince McMahon has a lot to do with that because they reunited the way on TV. That was the group that was Candace and Indy and Dexter and Johnny Gargano. And they reunited them. And then I think Johnny either tweaked something or Indy was still hurt. We didn't see them for months. Johnny just came back and they just started putting Candace and Indy back on TV. We haven't seen Dexter yet, uh, but Johnny's now teaming with Tommaso Ciampa who's back on TV now. So it's like that you can tell a lot of things got derailed when triple H got more, or excuse me, when Vince McMahon got more in the weeds with creative than he was saying he was going to in public. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the female wrestlers so, suffered because of that. So just seeing them on TV, just getting them on TV and doing something with them, whether they're wrestling or not is a start. It's a start, right? So that's, I'm hoping things continue to progress for a lot of these girls. Next step I want to see Dutch is can please can we get Isla Dawn and Alba Fire on damn television? Like, uh, like I, I, I haven't seen I haven't seen them yet. 
you did. The last time you saw him wrestle on television is when they the tag team unification match when Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler were the tag team champions. That's the last time they wrestled on SmackDown. They've been doing dark and matches. When, and when, and when was that? Months ago. Months well, okay. Ago. I can't remember that. I can't remember the damn phone number half the time. Who are you? I mean, if they're not doing something right now, if they're not doing something right now, I don't remember them. I'm sorry, but I think most wrestling fans are like that too. Unless you make a really, really deep impression on them. Yeah, so. look, I can barely, I can barely remember this stuff, and I watch almost everything. Like my mm -hmm. my memory only goes for a few weeks. So you talk about candid wrestling fans. There are people who already forgot who Isla and Alba are at this point. Mm -hmm. Like they were brought up, they were drafted, they were the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, and then they lost, and then they haven't been on TV since. Um, but. Uh, Bonkers asking, uh, has Chelsea won a single match yet? Yes, she wins tag team matches. She loses singles matches. Uh, I was actually curious about this myself. Um, so this is how they're going to try to revamp the women's tag team division, which is another thing that took Okay, how many women, let's just bring this up. How many yes. women do they have on SmackDown? On SmackDown, I know it's like 19 on Raw. On SmackDown, they got Charlotte really? and Bianca. They got all three members of damage control, so that's five. Isla and Alba, that is seven. Shotzi, we saw tonight, so that is eight. Um, there's there's a few more that I'm I'm just not thinking of off the top of my head right now. But uh, they they it's 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 over a dozen that they got on. Spectrum. Okay, nineteen on Raw, at least. Yeah, three of one of them's injured. Years ago in the territory days, that was more talent than we carried overall. That's why you saw them week after week after week after week. Oscar's another but one. Thing in, you. But in so doing, you could tell a story that the people could follow. Now, if you're trying to get all those girls on TV, you might tell a story this week, but next week you leave them all. Where does the story go? Then you pick it up the third week. People have actually forgotten it. You got to remind them in that second week or it's, it's kind of gone. 19 girls on, and they don't even take half the show. They take what about maybe twenty percent, twenty five percent of the show. How many uh, matches? On about, usually, you get about two matches. Usually, you get about two women's matches on Raw, maybe three, uh, if it, if if it's a good night. Um, honestly, you get more women's wrestling on NXT than anything. The first night of Halloween Havoc, I think it was all women mostly, except for like Lexus King making his debut and like one of the men's matches. There were like three or four women's matches on. on what do you uh, think of Lexus King? He's all right. He's good. He he's got work to do, but I think uh, yeah, I, he, I like well, I like the attitude. Look like his, he looks like his daddy. Yeah, he I look. I think him being in NXT is perfect. Is right where he needs to be right now. Okay, uh, he's fleshing out his character. I think he's going to be just fine. But yeah, you got. But here's the thing: Dutch, they got 16 women on the show the last two weeks. They've gotten them all on the show. They're all doing something. They're all doing something. Uh, they're not doing that on SmackDown. I think that's where that extra hour on Raw comes in handy. SmackDown, mm -hmm. it you, can't, does. you can't get Asuka and, and all these other, like, they barely got damage control on the show tonight. Uh, we're going to see damage control in Saudi Arabia because Bianca Belair did return. Um, crowd was really happy. We'll talk about somebody who listens to response, Dutch. Crowd was happy to see Bianca back. Uh, she's talking about how, you know, all she could do while she was away was sit and think with her thoughts and think back on the attack that damage control had on her. Uh, she has devised her plan, Dutch, and it's a pretty simple plan. She's going to whoop Bailey's ass on Friday, and then she's going to get her match against uh, EO Sky for the Women's Championship the following night at Crown Jewel. This is going to be interesting to me, Dutch, 
how much is WWE behind EO Sky as its women's champion? Because if they are behind her, if they want to push her as the women's champion heading into WrestleMania season, she has to get a legitimate victory over Bianca Belair. Do, does she get it? I have no idea. But no. They put her over Charlotte, but there were some shenanigans there. Yeah, I'd, like, I'd like to see EO get a clean win here. Uh, you're not going to see that. that to me, that, that clean win, that's for purists like you. Sure, yeah. And purists, there's not that many of them. And you want that casual fan to buy that ticket. That's when you start making money or start buying yeah. the merchandise. And that's where the story comes in. So tell the story, make it whatever you want, but make it believable, kind of, and go from there. Christy Alford says Bianca wins. I, I really don't want to see that. And it's not like I don't have anything against Bianca, but I just think back to what they did with Nikki Asich two years ago where she cashes in Money in the Bank and she wins the title. And then a month later, she loses it right back to Charlotte Flair when she had a chance to prove that she deserved it. The next year, they give it to Liv Morgan. She cashes in on Ronda Rousey. Uh, about six, seven weeks later, when she has a chance to prove that she deserves it, they give it right back to Ronda Rousey. So are we about to do the same thing? Am I boring you? Oh, were you, were you talking? Oh, I'm sorry. But yeah, but see what are you're saying. Really, is, are they really about to do the same if thing? I was a fan, I could, probably. They got too many what's, girls. What's the, I mean, the, what's the point of that? If you're trying to I build don't know. somebody, if you're trying to utilize the money in the bank briefcase to build somebody as a new main eventer, it doesn't work when you just have them hot shot it right back to the person who had the title and you do it three years in a row. I'm gonna call Triple H right now. Please do. I would love to ask him that question. Hey, Triple H, Dutch. Yeah. What's the deal with so many? What's your question? Oh, I'll call you right back. So. Yeah. All right. So uh, he couldn't answer that. If I, they got I, all the girls and that's great. Give them a job, give them some money. But to use all of them, why don't they just have an all girl show? That's what I. That's what I tried to do in TNA. I just tried to have an all girl show for an hour, which would have went. It would have worked, but we couldn't get to the, the TV station to go for it, or they didn't want to pay for it or something. But the girls were doing better ratings than the guys. So there is a market. There is a market out there for all girl wrestling. I, I, think, I think they have it on somewhere. I think they would not, have to get not on a platform like uh, like Fox. They don't have that. They have the talent. They have the numbers. I don't know if they have the investment right now. And that, again, that goes all onto what their booking has been over the last year, because I, th I think they need to get more women to the Becky Lynch, Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair level before they could do that. Because like I said, you got a whole, you got 16 women on Monday night raw right now. You got maybe three that the audience is gets a genuine excitement for when they show up yeah. on screen. It's Becky, it's Rhea and it's Nia. Uh, yeah. And they got work to do, and I know they and they know they have work to do, which is why you're seeing <laughs> on Monday Night Raw every week. All right, Dutch, what you got going on? If they push my girl Chelsea, they would have another one that people cared about. I'm just telling them. To. I think they're starting to. Well, they're starting to. Well, what have I got going on? Nothing. <laughs> Baseball doesn't the World Series started tonight? The World Series started tonight. Yes. Who won? It is 5-5 five, five in the bottom of the ninth. 
See? They're working the big angle. See what I mean? They're working. So you'll watch the second game. Then they'll probably have a big fight. <clears throat> and then they'll, they'll, they'll take it like that. But anyway. Uh, Go ahead. I'm checking my DraftKings bet. I think I won it tonight. Hang on. Let me double check. You're a gambling man. Hey, guys, don't gamble. You lose your money. No, it, <clears throat> you know, my two books are for sale. Uh, Tales from a Dirt Road and The World According to Dutch. And you can write me at Dirty Dutch Mantel at, with two L's, at gmail.com. I'll get right back to you. And uh, I'm going to watch Crown Jewel tomorrow. And next we'll week. see what next happens week. there. Next week. Oh, I'm sorry. It, it is next week. And uh, we'll see see what's going on with it. But I will say that I think that Raw and I mean SmackDown, especially much improved show from a year ago when I started watching them. We used to get on here and bitch and moan and complain like it's the same stuff every week, and it was. So apparently they were they were listening and they've changed it up, but much to the better. That's what uh, I got going on. Uh, what I got going on is I did in fact win my DraftKings bet. So there we go. Sounds good. You did. I did. Yes. Just won 34 bucks. Thank you. Adonis Garcia. Anyway. So, uh, I had a chat with EC3 this week that is available now. It's my pin tweet up on, uh, well, I guess X is what did he say anything about me. No, I didn't ask about you. Oh, okay. I should have asked about you. I didn't think about that, but I had a look, they got, uh, and NWA saw when tomorrow night in Cleveland, because Cleveland gets freaking everything nowadays, I guess. Uh, but, uh, he's got a world title match tomorrow night. I had a lot, I liked a lot of what he had to say about the industry Dutch. And I think you would too, if you check this in, uh, interview out, it's my pin tweet right now. Uh, next week ahead of crown jewel, I have a conversation dropping with Shayna Baszler ahead of her title match, uh, with, uh, Rhea Ripley and Nia Jackson, Zoe Stark. And, uh, who's the other one in the match? I can't remember Ra Raquel Rodriguez. There's a lot of women on Monday night raw. Like I said, uh, I have a conversation with her. That's going to be dropping on Monday. Just check out my Twitter page at Rick Uchino. That's the one-stop shop. That's where you're going to find it all. Uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in to another edition of smack talk tonight here on the sports kid wrestling facebook page and the wrestle binge by sports kid wrestling youtube channel sp3 myself the band will be all back together we'll both be side by side with dutch as we recap the go home show go home show <laughs> which they're filming right now uh, by the way so spoiler alert uh we'll be back next week to talk about it head of crown jewel enjoy your weekend everybody.